out, we'll come out, we'll come to play. We're just recreation, sick to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm the guy that whinges about umpires, kangaroos forever. For tonight, we have uh, one of our regulars back in Nate Seven, who's lost his voice, but he's nice and back and he's refreshed after a two week long cleansing session in Tibet. Welcome, Nate. Hey, thanks for uh, welcoming me in. No worries. Also, tonight we have the Mayor Bonnie Doon. Hello, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Evening, K4. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on. Uh, tonight, we also have only Sir Only Forwards joining us. Welcome. G'day, boys. Good to have you on. And finally, we have our steamed bathwater, I mean Ballarat, I mean our Footscray guest for the show, and he's the lord of all dream teams, the masters of super coaching, and the bane of Collingwood supporters everywhere. We have Go You Pups. Thanks for having me, Keith, for it. Good to have you on, as always. I apologise about last week uh, with the main boys in Tibet and Jay-Z painting away figurines and murals of Jack's evil. I didn't have anyone available for the show. For tonight, it's always the same structure as always, so I hope you enjoy it. So we'll get right into it. So thumbs up, thumbs down. My thumbs up. The consistently good form of Jack's evil is very pleasing. And the second thumbs up will be Goldstein dominating the coaches' votes again. My only thumbs down is the media assassination of Ben Cunnington. I know that's a bit extreme, chip on the shoulder type stuff, but... His character was effectively assassinated by Robbo about the incident with dropping the knees into Ablett, which was an accident and was deemed an accident. But the journos still haven't apologised for that. Uh, how about you, Ainley Forwards? What were your positive and ne- negatives? Uh, so my thumbs up would be, Boomer, seriously, how good is this bloke? I mean, he's 37 years old, he's averaging 20 and 2, and he's he is North Melbourne. Right? He's just absolutely fantastic. And 5 and zip. I mean... Not much to complain about there, right? Definitely. As to, your, as to your character assassination of Ben Cunnington, that's not going over the line, mate. When the MRP has to come out and say, nah, it is not right what you're saying in the media, clearly someone's overstepped the mark. Yep, definitely. How about yourself, mate? Well, mine would be on the same subject. So first of all, and I don't think it's been mentioned yet by North Melbourne, is North Melbourne apparently surpassing their membership record. And in the same vein... The thumbs down would also be them not announcing they've gone over the membership record unless they're releasing that tomorrow night prior to or during the, the North game. So, those, you know, it's a massive thumbs up, but it's also a massive thumbs down. So, um, yeah, just something different from me. You're going to get no bull sending your messages. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We're on a first name basis. It's okay. <laughs> How about yourself, Ray RZ? Uh, uh, thumbs up and down both media for me. I was lining up behind the, the Cunnington one. Um, just cause you gotta protect fucking guys, don't you? Hodge, you saw that coming a little while away off. So many knees dropping in all over the joint and they pick out the one that lands on gas. Well, they didn't uh, pick up his one on, um, Thompson. I'm no, not sure if you saw that or not, but he, Abbott dropped his knees right into Thompson. Thompson gave him a bit of a clip. Oh, no, giant, giant roommate, sure nobody missed that one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he's a good warrior. And, and my thumbs up is just the, the general amount of media pump-up for, for this week's game. You know, one and two on Friday night, how great it is that 
the two clubs that don't get that much exposure have got this sort of stage and stuff. I, I think there's, you know, the, the general media positivity about it's sincere and well-deserved for both clubs. Definitely. It's good to have the Bulldogs back on a Friday night and North back on a Friday night. It's fantastic. And for our guest... And, and, and not forgetting the last time we played off the top spot, Boomer kicked the winning goal in 1998. Yeah. That was a while. Speak of that year. Nothing happened in 1998. We just, no, nothing. 1998 didn't happen. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Can't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. Never happened. Um, <laughs> for I guess, any positives or negatives? Um, I was pretty happy with uh, Tom Campbell's performance in his first game in the seniors for the year. Um, he took a lot of uh, good contested marks and hit packs and brought the ball to ground, and he was pretty honest in the rock also, so... Yeah, I was pretty happy with his performance. Um, uh, thumbs down goes the AFL. Like we've been waiting four years for a Friday night game. Look, uh, I know we've been rebuilding and stuff, but when Carton was in the exact same position as what the Dogs were at the end of 2014, they won seven games. The Bulldogs and Brisbane won seven games. Carton gets seven Friday night games. We get nothing. Brisbane gets nothing. Just farcical the draw. That's so. Just- yeah, it's about time. Well, with any luck in the long run, Carlton have done us all a favour by being so shit and proving to the league that a big club can be shit enough to turn viewers off on Friday nights. So we might actually get a run of years now where they put the best games on instead of the lowest risk for viewers, yeah? Mm, hopefully. Definitely. We'll move straight on to club discussion now. So the club will be hosting a kids' clinic at North Hobart Oval on Saturday the 4th of June, which will be from 9 to 11, so entry's free for that. For our Tasmanian listeners, if we've got any. In other club news, the North match this week will be trying to raise awareness and funding to remove the plight of prostate cancer in men. Brad Scott is a big supporter of this. He's already spoken out about his father-in-law having prostate cancer. So this is a terrific stance from the club. I commend them for that. And I commend the Bulldogs for also playing their part in trying to stop prostate cancer and raising money for it. So we'll move straight on to the VFL. So I'll hand that over to Nate. Thanks for that. Just going to stop you ordering. Um, so the boys had the bye. There's nothing much this week. Um, they'll be playing against uh, Footscray or, uh, down at Go You Pups. Is it the VU Witt Noble? Is it that what it's called these days? I believe so, yep. Yep, so that'll be Saturday at midday. I'm pretty sure it's being telecast live on Channel 7. It's also streamed live on the VFL website. For those interested, Dan Nielsen and Ed Vickers-Willis are coming back from extended uh, injury layoffs. They'll uh, be playing in the Vic Development League against Sandringham at Sandringham on Sunday at 11 down at Trevor Barker Beach Oval with the Werribee Seniors. For the next three to four weeks, they'll be at home at Werribee, um, which includes Saturday nights for the next couple of weeks and I think Friday night, Saturday night and a couple of Saturday days. And then eventually they play one week away, so literally a month at home. So good time to probably see them because I don't think they'll be telecast on anything for the next month, maybe even two months from what I can gather. Um, but in terms of AFL, that's it for this week. No worries. Thanks for that. In terms of questions, we're going to move on to them straight away. So most of them are for Go Your Pups from the North Board. So I'll start off with the first one for Pups. Can Spud stop the package from delivering? Um, if our ball delivery inside 50 is poor, he can. Um if our ball delivery inside 50 is clean and Stringer could get him on the lead or at ground level. So, yeah, a bit 50-50 there. Uh, where is Nathan Hoverett at? He is trade bait. Oh, 
would anyone take him? Um, you get the odd question on the drafts and trading board, but I think there's just too many of those, you know, half full flankers, small forwards, rotating midfielders ahead of him. You know, Dale House, Caleb Daniel, Toby McLean, Bailey Dale, they're all well ahead of him. So, unfortunately, um, yeah, he could be on the outer. So you guys took him and Daniel in successive years, right, as similar players? Um, we took Hover in twenty twelve and Daniel and McLean both in twenty fourteen. Well, that'll go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think, um, I think Crowbat, he's probably a good little midfielder type. Um, but his, his full work just probably isn't as good as others. Yeah. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, Boomer did work with him as a junior too, yeah? Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely, the kid's a good character and he tries his all, but, um, yeah, unfortunately he's against it, but, um, I think he could definitely come into, say, a rebuilding team and help boost someone's midfield stocks. Um, so a Carlton yeah. type? Um, I'm not sure if Carlton would actually take him because Carlton, have, they've taken so many similar types like Carriage and Matt Wright and that Jed Lamb, Liam Sumner. They, they, they stocked up with those types of players too. So, uh, look, maybe Richmond could... Um, Maybe Richmond could use him. Um, isn't that a really pleasing? Sure. Isn't that a pleasing yeah, thought? Sorry, sorry, okay, for we go. I was just saying it's a pleasing thought that now Richmond's in a rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know that that's you've, accurate. You've already spooked Carlton, you know, tricked Carlton into taking LGs, so they won't fall for another one, will they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's accurate that they're in a rebuild. Like last year, they played like shit for an age and then turned it on late in the season. They'll do that again this year. Their form will come. Maybe, but maybe too late. Yeah, well, that's good. They'll end up ninth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They'll, they'll three wins and ten losses in 2014, then came home like a steam train, won their last nine and sneaked into the eight. And then picked Four. against the wind and then got smacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many memes about that. <laughs> All right, so the next question. This is an adaptive one, so you have to excuse it. If Brad Scott's dog shits in the forest, would Luke Beveridge steal it and claim it that was from his own dog? <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> no, right, you don't have to answer it. No, no, I know, I know what it's about. Look, guys, look, I know, I know you guys going about the whole uh, we took the idea from North type thing. But come on, we changed our name first in 996, the Western Bulldogs. You guys rebranded as the Kangaroos two years later. Look, we might, look, we might have taken Ballarat from you guys, but you know, the West, the Western, you know, the Western suburbs, Western region of Victoria, it's supposed to be ours. So, you know, we're trying to extend further down the Western Freeway, you know, further reach out into the community. Um, look, you guys did take Werribee from us, even though we abandoned them. So we didn't take it. You did. We abandoned them, but you took them. De facto took them. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good answer, though. Like, I, I wasn't trying to be mean or anything like that. It was just a bit of a joke about our board stance about Ballarat. Yeah. I wasn't, no, okay. wasn't shot at you guys. It, it's just a, it's just one of those things we fight about on the North Board and Dogs Board. <laughs> it's quite look, amusing. Look, you, look, you guys are happy with Haribite, aren't you? It's doing its job. Oh, gee, that's... We only have an hour, so I can't, can't get here. <laughs> Isn't the short answer, it's paying the bills and yeah. that'll do? I mean, I don't know. We'll go with that one. Yeah, we'll just go with that. 
<laughs> we'll move on to a question for Rob Zombie. What would you rather see this Friday? North win by five points, but Wells suffer a two-month injury, or North lose by ten goals with no injuries? Stupid, stupid question. <laughs> in, in, injuries to Wells are just not on, so you know, I'll, I'll cop a week of misery if Wells stays fit. Good answer. So now a question for only forwards. So this is from IUB, so you have to... That's, that's, that's C. <laughs> anyway, inside joke. Uh, there's a real possibility that North could be 9-0 and or 8-1 and heading into a match against Sydney in round 10, which will be a big test for all. Win, lose or draw in that match. Do we find that more better team in that one match against Sydney about where the club is at? rather than the besetting nine games, though we have played some good footy at times. Look, winning footy, right? Um, good form, and we'll take that. And we really need to be aiming to that 8-1 and one and not 0 because at round 10, our fixture sort of turns. And it turns because we start playing a series of games where we play finalists from last year week after week. There's a patch of maybe two or three weeks where we don't, and then it's just flat-out finalists from last year. So... No, um, I said that Richmond's form will come back, and the reality that I think there is that by the time that we play them in Hobart, you know, it's going to be a very different team to the one that we're playing uh, that that's playing this weekend. In terms of the Swans, will we find out more? Uh, I've got them picked as being right up there at the pointy end of the season, so probably. They just know, keep probably. producing midfielders. You've got a bit of a hand there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they're very they're very good at developing good inside midfielders. They're one of the best teams at doing it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So will we find out more? Probably. Good answer. We'll move straight on to the review of the Suns game. So I've been talking non stop, so I'll just I'll leave it to the boys to discuss. So Nate, what were your impressions? Uh yeah, didn't see much of it. Really liked it. Uh, no, it was it was it was good. Um there weren't too many things that I was unimpressed about. I liked some of the endeavour. Um the one, the one thing that I will say that I did like that I just wanted to get off my chest is thank God we beat the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. And I think even the last time we lost them might have been at Eddie Head, but I'll stand corrected on that. No, it's, it was that Gold Coast loss. Yeah, at Gold Coast. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, I, all I remember is just losing just far too many times. It was three times in a row, I guess, but um, that's, yeah. it's far too many times. And there are some games that we really should not have gained, um, should not have lost. Uh, even during the year we were up and down in 2014, so and 15 to an extent. But uh, no, it was all I can say is it's good to come away with the win, and um, almost like the, the Melbourne game, let's just forget about it and move on uh, for me, and um, hopefully get a bit more con- and no injuries. Definitely, uh, Rob Zombie, if you're still there. <laughs> I think it's gone AWOL. No, I was, I was on mute. So, uh, oh, no worries. Because of reasons. Um, oh yeah. We're happy to go into them if you'd like. No, no, no figure out where the mute button is. It's all right. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what were your impressions of the match? Oh, honestly, a fair bit better than just four points and move on. Um, even even with their outs, Gold Coast is still young, quick, spread hard, run hard. And it was a good test of how the game plan tweaks might have might have worked out dealing with that. Um, still able to kick kick a ton of goals. Got. Contributions from people who've been quiet in other games, you know, plenty to like about that one, even though it wasn't a flogging. You know, there's still, when, when they were pressed, put together a seven goal run, which is just the sort of thing this team tends to do. So, happy. 
my favourite part was that we restricted them to 81 points, right? So we probably could have been a little bit tighter defensively, but we've been a little bit lax in that area this year, and that was a massive positive that came out of it for me. Definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and do some of those numbers. I know that the narrative at the moment is North leaking goals too much, but you look at that Hobart game against Melbourne, 7-8 goal wind, you know, magnifies the effect of winning clearances. You win a clearance and you're away. You know, you're, you're deep in forward or you're booting them from 70. Um, I kind of like to take that game out and see there's probably still work to be done, but, but that so, so is one that magnifies, magnifies some of those stats as an outlier. It does, and I've done the math. Um, Good lad. At, at the moment, uh, we're averaging about 98 points conceded per game over the five games. Um, you take out that Melbourne game, and we drop down to 90. Now, premiership defence is 87 or something. That's not bad. All right, so we're not that far off the mark when you take out that as an outlier. Yeah, 90-10 heads back toward tolerable. You know, it's still work to be done, but tolerable. Yep. And you'd still, you know, you don't want to give up 100 points to free huh? But but take out that Melbourne game and it starts looking at least a bit more sane. Yep. Definitely. Does anyone else feel that we've got a bit of 90s with the way that we're playing at the moment? In that we the sort com- of let it, let them come at us a bit and then blow them away in the third and fourth quarter? Yeah. yeah it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's that air of confidence about the club and the way people talk. Like, they're talking not just in, like, the general media, you know, gaffes and stuff like that. They're actually very confident in the way they speak it. It's just that positive vibe around the club. I know it's a win, and we're winning well, but it's just that extra little bit of confidence in the way they speak. You can definitely notice it. Yeah, Squiggle thinks so, thinks so too, by the way. We're heading to that quadrant for the Squiggle. Oh, the Squiggle. <laughs> you, need squiggle. To, you need to head east in that. You, can't, like, you guys in Adelaide are a bit too central north, so yeah. if you can head east a bit, you'll um, definitely be in the zone. So yeah, you can... um, 96 North is pretty much the most exciting premiership team ever. You know, just shoot out, shoot out, shoot out, shoot out, shoot out. You think that, it'd be uh, like... Sorry, man. That, sorry, yeah, that 1999 premiership you guys got, I actually had a look at the ladder um, last year, and Brisbane were actually the best defensive team um, that year. The, the problem was it was the last year of the McIntyre system, and they finished third, and you obviously Essendon and North Melbourne are ahead of them on the ladder, and they had to, you know, play away for a prelim final. They probably didn't that year, but it could have been a different story. Um, but look, looking at your attack that year, you guys easily had the best attack that year. I, I like the narrative that comes up with the '99 final when you talk to scum supporters, and they talk about how oh, they would have won if they were there. That's crap. That's crap because how often is it that a team gets beaten in a grand final one year and rocks up and rolls over the next year? That doesn't happen mm. that often. Mm. Definitely. And if you, sorry, I think if I think if Essendon did play North Melbourne in in nine ninety nine, it could have quite easily been like a Geelong versus Hawthorne sort of grand final. Whereas, it would have been, like, would have been massive. Yeah, like you guys say, put in a Hawthorne like performance and get the score on the board type thing. Yeah. Definitely. Squiggle also thinks North were better than Essendon in 99, but it took them all through the final series to do it, to get over them. One of my favourite photos is the Fazer Brown after the siren of the, pre, uh, of the prelim. <laughs> it's hilarious. Mm. Hey, speaking of favourite photos, if there's anyone here who doesn't, uh, anyone listening, who doesn't venture to the main board often and isn't aware of the great AFL photos thread, do yourself a favour, just, just as an aside. 
Uh, anything else you boys want to take out the match? What's Rocket E's problem? What What is his problem? <laughs> he was out in the media today, whinging about umpires and how Lynch didn't get a fair run of it. Oh, and all that Lynch sort of didn't shit. get a fair run of it. That 50 metre penalty in the fourth quarter was an absolute joke. He went off his mark. Fredo grabbed him, paid 50 metres. Yeah, he had to put call play on though. Oh, that's just, that's fine. Yeah, that's a joke. That 50 metres when you crouch one metre over the mark and they give you no time to run back. That's it should not be a 50 metre penalty in any sport. He gives Taz a whack too. Was it? No, no, no. Um, Lynch gives Taz a whack. He came off with uh, blood nose in the last quarter. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens every match to every player, though. He's a bit of an average little thing, Lynch. He's a very good player. Uh, in ter- I'll just I'll move on, ask a question of Pups. So, just because he's getting bored, I can sense he's getting bored. <laughs> uh, okay. Cemetery <laughs> <laughs> um, review section. How did you see your boys on the weekend? Uh, last I'll, weekend. I'll quickly, I'll quickly back up a couple of you guys. I watched. Um, I was having a couple of beers at a bar near Eddie had on Saturday night. So yeah, I caught most of the game and left the three quarter time. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good spectacle. Like it was, you know, it was it was open, fast footy, a lot of good inside fifty entries. Um, obviously, that period at the end of the third quarter and the start of the last quarter, you guys got on top. But um, yeah, no, it was it was definitely a good brand of footy from both teams. Um, the last week we just we just got the job done. Um, Brisbane got out the back a couple of times early in the first quarter. Uh, then uh, we sort of bottled inside our 50 and we just couldn't kick straight. Um, then we started getting a bit of scoreboard pressure on towards the end of the first quarter and we piled it on in the second quarter and we went into halftime about five, six goals up. Then um, Beveridge tried a couple of fins after halftime. One Suckling got injured. I think uh, Kobe Stevens and Libba had a, um, had a bit of time to cross half back. You picked up the disposals a bit. Um, yes, uh, Stevens got a lot of the ball. He turned it over a few times too. But um, well, he's a yeah, there's a lot of good attributes about to his play. Like you know, he's quite he's quite a big guy. He's about six two, ninety kilos. You know, he can take an overhead mark. Um, you know, he's he's a real grunt type player. Like you need those types of guys in the team. Yeah, um, look, as I said earlier, I was really impressed with Tom Campbell's game. Um, I thought him and Roughhead um, worked in tandem pretty well. Uh, Stringer was a bit better up forward this week. I think he, I think better forward delivery helped him this week because um, he was just abysmal against um, Carlton the week before. It was easily one of the worst games he's ever played. Yeah. Um, Is there any yeah, we, suggestions he's been a bit selfish? Nah. Um, I don't think so. Uh, look, I think Tim, I think Tim Watson said something like that in the media the other week. It could have just been someone from the dogs just told Tim Watson, "Oh, just get in the stringer." You know, he had a couple of down weeks. Just you know, might might put a feeler out there. That type of thing. I think um, I think the way we've played it hasn't really been the stringer's. Uh, it hasn't been the stringer's strengths. He's had to play as a full forward really. This year, because Kramer and uh, Dixon have been out, uh, it's just it was Dixon's first game for the year. So you reckon weekend. he's better suited to a small forward line? Uh, not so much small forward, but he can't be the number one forward. He's he'd probably be the number three forward. But um, yeah, I'd agree with that. He he's very good on um, playing small, getting you know his ground level balls. Yeah, Cause that's where I can see him really just tearing us apart. 
Because that's one of the weaknesses I see with North. Like, I think one-on-one we're fine, but as soon as it hits the ground, we tend to panic a little bit with the disposal. And that's where guys like Stringer and Hall and or whatnot, they tend to score a lot of goals against us. Like, Walters, just, as soon as he sees a North match, he just pencils us in. Small forwards love playing North. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll wait and see um, how it goes tomorrow. Like Dixon, you know, he's had a game back, so you know he kicked fifty goals last he's year. He's very important player now. Like I never yeah. used to rate him, but fifty goals in the season's outstanding. Yeah, he's um, he's just a smart forward. Like you know, he knows where to run. He knows how to crumb. Yeah, he can he can outmark uh, similar sized opponents to him. Yeah, he's he, he's a pretty complete player for his size. Yeah. How tall is he? About six one, um, yeah, about one eighty five, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He just seems a little bit taller, and that the way he marks the ball, that's all. Yeah, I think it's just um, just him, just being a natural forward, pretty much. Yeah. What's like, the he used to, he, he like, um, I think he was playing at Noble Park before he got drafted and kicked a hundred goals um, for them. Then I think he went to Bendigo for one year. Yep. Then we drafted him from there. I think he kicked about 50 goals for Bendigo that year. Yeah. Mm. How's that half-back flanker you got instead of Ben Brown? Oh, was it Matt, <laughs> Matt Four? The, the oh, half-back yeah. flanker you got instead of Ben oh, Brown? Mate, that was an absolute howler from us. But the rest of them you nailed, do? but that one was just... You need a key <laughs> forward, but you took a half-back flanker. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know, eh? <laughs> but you nailed those picks like Hunter, Stringer, Bontempelli, that... These are great picks. Yeah, we got most of our midfielders and um, small forward type picks. Um, yeah, bang on. Because they can be very difficult, those small forward ones. But you've done yeah. it really well. Yeah, like I think Toby McLean's been playing some really good footy this year. Also, he's playing. Um, he's playing as like a small sort of lead up player. But yeah, he had uh, he had twenty five and two goals on the weekend. Took about ten marks, I think. So it's pretty impressive. That's good. We'll move straight on to the preview scene. We're straying towards there anyway. So in terms of ins and outs, let me just have a quick look. So North's pretty much unchanged. So the emergencies are Hanson, Mullet and Wood. So it's a shame not to see Wood back in the team, but I think they've left Turner in to get a bit more ground presence up forward, which is understandable against the dog side. He could get a lot of crumbs in terms of goals because of the contest our forwards will provide. And they will provide quite a few, if judging by our rate of scoring of late. In terms of the dogs, Roberts is in for Suckling, who had a bad injury, which was not great, but he should be back. And Nate's just left us, and he's just sent me the message saying that he reckons Mullet will be a late in, which wouldn't be interesting, to say the least. I'm not sure he'll come in for, maybe a Turner. But we'll just have to wait and see for that. In terms of the way the game will play out, I don't think it will be a shootout. I think that's what everyone wants. I don't think it will be. I, the dour defence of Western Bulldogs and the contested style brand of football that both sides like playing will mean it's, it'll be a bit of a scrap. There might be some really bad disposal coming out of half-back for both sides. And it's just going to be whoever wins the contested football and gets the football quickest into their forward line is just going to win it. It's plain and simple, simple footy. It, it's uh, going to 100% be won between the arcs. It's, it's going to be massive contested pressure and whoever cracks first. It'll be one-on-one footy all the way. I, yep. I don't see us putting a man behind a football. It just didn't work because last time we tried to clamp down on them a little bit and then in the last quarter and a half of last year we decided, fuck it, we'll just go head-to-head with them and we just lost out in the end to them because of their speed and stringer just 
and Bontempelli just destroyed us. So we just need to back in our contested football and put up a better contested situation than we did last time against them. They absolutely smacked us last time. So yeah, Mitch, Mitch follows. Oh, yeah. He, he's a very good... He's such an underrated player. I mm. really do rate him. So on that, I think that part of the reason that we've been playing spits throughout the year and he's been a little bit all over the place with his form it was with this game in mind, knowing that it's going to be a straight-up street fight for the ball. And he his tackling will be what we need yep. in the situation. He's a lot better after surgery. He, he took a little while. He had a bit of the fumbles for a few weeks, and people wanted him dropped, which was, I would say, fair enough. Some would disagree, some would, wouldn't. But he's, last week he was very good against Gold Coast. He didn't fumble so much. His leg speed was a little bit back. He doesn't have much of it, but he started to get his spring back in his step, which was good. Uh, how did you see the match playing out on Friday, Pups? Um, well, it depends, really. Like, I think... Um like what you guys said earlier about the game being played between the arcs. Yeah, like obviously it's going to start in the middle. Like if, you know, Goldstein's obviously going to be a factor. So Ruffett and Campbell are going to have to nullify his presence in the middle. And then after the hitouts, it's, you know, whoever gets their hand on the ball first and can get clearances and ball inside 50, cleanly, yeah. Mm. Do you see third man up being a factor this game like it was last game? Look, it could. If if Goldstein gets on top, then um, I'd say Ling John or Bonson Pally will probably do that because they did that regularly for us last year. Um, at it'll, times, they've done that this year too. It'll be when Goldstein gets on top. <laughs> yes, definitely. Wait, wait and see, but yeah, wait and see. Fair enough. Uh, in terms of matchups, I'll just go through a few of them for our listeners. So, in terms of going to Petrie, who who would you see going to Petrie? Uh, Dale Morris, I reckon. He usually does go to him. Uh, I was yeah. lean, thinking a little bit about Adams, but I don't think they'll be right for I Petrie. Think, I think Adams will go to White. I think Adams. Is, I think he's our most athletic backman. He's just going to have to go on weight. Um, he goes to Brown yeah. then. Uh, Easton Wood or Fletcher Roberts, one of them two. Oh, that's probably why they brought Fletcher Roberts in then. Yeah, possibly, it, yeah. Yeah, I see they've got so, Collins and Redpuff in the emergencies, which is interesting too. Interesting um, I don't think I anyone think, will come in. But. I think they'll be like for like if a toll goes out. One of those boys will come in, yeah. Okay, uh, that's pretty much the forward line. Adcock, yes, boy. Adcock will be in defence coming off half-back, so you'll probably sit on a Thomas maybe. Probably not a Higgins. Higgins might burn him a little bit in terms of leg speed, but Adcock's still... A very good player. I wouldn't mind him at North, to be honest. Um, yes, yeah, so I see Adcock maybe on a Thomas type player. Maybe Biggs on Thomas. I think Biggs will try to hurt you guys the other way. Yeah, well, that typically is what they do when they sit someone on Thomas because they yeah. sat Sard on Thomas, and Thomas just doesn't have the leg speed. He's not a far. He's not a fast small forward. He's more of a small medium forward that's been forced to play a small forward so, over the years, which is unfortunate for him. Well, he's a medium forward, skills in a small forward's body, isn't he? Oh, his, his mm. foot skills and field skills are outstanding, but he's he's not well suited to the small forward. That's why Nahas, I think, went pretty well for us, and Turner went well for us, because they're just genuine crumbing faster forwards. Even though Turner's not super quick, he's still faster than Thomas. Turner's super slow, almost. And yet, uh, Thomas has got the dancing, evasive, weaving, jigging, goal-kicking stuff when he's on. Yeah, he's basically like a forward version of Wells, but without a few of the tricks, pretty much. 
He hasn't been bright, I don't think, for a good year, to be honest. His form's been a bit off, for my liking. Is his goal kicking a worry yet, do you reckon? No. I'm not worried about that. I'm just... I know what it is. He used to... In that 2013-14 period, he was very good. Like, those finals against, say, Geelong, he kicked, what, three in five minutes. I just don't see him doing that ever again. I really don't. I have no confidence in him anymore. Oh, I think you're being a bit unkind. I probably am. Just this week in the Gold Coast, he had three, like, consecutive, three key involvements in either setting up or kicking goals. I'm not saying it. he's better suited to setting up the goals is what I mean. I don't see him as that small forward that's going to kick 50 goals plus anymore. Maybe a 40-goal forward, but definitely not 50 anymore. No, okay, sorry. I probably... No, I... I understood what you were saying, but he's... He's still capable of bobbing up and having a five or ten minute stretch where he's just really influential for for, for five, ten, fifteen minutes. Right, definitely. Uh, in terms of midfield matchups, we'll move on to that. So there's a few different matchups you could potentially see with the inside midfielders. So Cunnington, Swallow, Zabel. It is Jacobs go to. It's a good question. Uh, I don't see him going to Bontempelli again. That's burned us last time. Um, maybe sitting on a Hunter. Maybe depends how close in Hunter is. Is Hunter playing a more outside role this year, Pups? Yeah, he's playing pretty much just wing, yeah. Oh, I'd rather Jacobs go to him because he, he tore us up last time. His foot skills were very good against us last year. Yeah, he's easily our most um, damaging midfielder at the moment. He's a very good in, player. In terms, like in terms of like forward, forward of centre kicks, inside 50 kicks, he's our most damaging player in that regard. Yeah. Well, he adds that outside polish because you've got plenty of inside midfielders. These guys have had inside midfielders up your ass for years. You keep producing them. <laughs> like, that's the one thing that you always used to match us was the inside midfielders. Even though when you're still rebuilding, you used to match us in the inside mids. It says a bit. Uh, in terms of, if it was res- up to me, I'd put um, I'd put Jacobs to wherever he would have laid in and send him to Bond. But <laughs> but I'm crazy. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. It's interesting, it's to say he's, that. He's a good size for Bont. He can hurt him the other way in a way that Jacob absolutely Yeah, but then Bont can hurt him the other way. Yeah. I think that given that his defensive side is probably what's keeping him out of the team just at the minute, I'm not sure that they'd do that. Yeah, in that article just this week, he said, you know, it's only one game, but his, his forward pressure rating number quotient from champion data was really high. Yeah, well, they did have... The AFL just released an article, Sam were talking about that, about North's pressure. We're the number one pressure side, which is interesting. I don't... I wouldn't think we were. Like, I thought we were high up, but I didn't think we were leading it. And it said guys like Turner, Wood, and our key forwards are the ones leading it, which is interesting. Except for Boomer. Except for... Yeah, but... That's always been Boomer, though. <laughs> One way Boomer. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't know. Run the other way. He just doesn't no, the point pup is that it, Boomer has created the third most scores from forward 50 turnovers through. Yeah, right. Forward 50. And he chased some he chased Sard out of our forward line on the weekend, and Sard chased him conse- out. consequently <laughs> did his groin. So I mean, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. What do you see as the key matchups at all, pups? Do you got anything else to add? Um, tough to say because we're rotating, we're rotating a lot of guys through in the middle at the moment. Like, you know, Libba, Kobe Stevens, Ling Jong, Bond, um, Jackson McCray, Dowhouse, Wallace. So we've got so many guys who can go through there. And then the guys who aren't in the guts are either playing between the arcs or they're on the bench having a rest. Yeah. So, um, 
Wait and see, really. But I think, um, look, I've been really impressed with Mitch Wallace the last couple of weeks. Um, he's he's really starting to add an all-round type game. Like, he's really starting to starting to see he's a really good overhead mark now. Um, so he's adding other things to his game, which is good. How's old shit truck picking going? Shit truck, yeah, he's going good. Yeah, he's, he's, um, it's just a typical between the arcs type utility now. He's, he's not going in the guts as much as what he had to last year, obviously, because of our injuries last year, but, um, yep. yeah, and no, sometimes he plays defensive forward, sometimes he plays, say, on a wing, or sometimes he goes down back for a spell. Yeah. Well, since last year, say. since last year, his form's just picked up from nowhere. Yeah, I think, um, you know, releasing the, he, he, he always liked a goal. He always liked a goal and he was always, he was always a good mark. Um, that was one thing he had to his game even when he was a tagger. But, um, Beveridge obviously not, you're not, ta- he said to him, not tagging anymore. You know, go and win your own footy. You know, go and be damaging for us instead. So. Yeah, he's uh yeah, he's a pretty well rounded player, that's for sure. That's good. But we'll just move on to your forwards now. So Tarrant will probably just go to whoever's out Roughhead and probably Campbell. Yeah, probably out of those two. It yeah. depends. He'll take the main key forward. Thompson's the only one I don't really see a match up for because I see a few like I see us trying for Rita and Stringer first. Like I don't particularly like it, but that's the way I see it happening. Uh, in terms, yeah, it, yeah, it's in, going to be interesting. Uh, McDonald, McDonald will probably go. He might bit do a semi-defensive halfback job on one of the resting half forwards or mi- midfielders. So yeah. um, he's a bit more of a defensive type player. Like he's good at shutting down players, which is one of his attributes. He's never going to be Dowhouse then. Yeah, I, I, I say like I know Dowhouse has got a bit too much speed for him, but. McDonald's got yeah. jobs on Josh Green and stuff like that, so he's okay. very quick. So you might go to Toby McLean or Tory Dixon then? I've seen go to Dixon. That seems like a good matchup to me. Like, like I'm not underrating Dixon or anything like that. I just see they're very good like for like in terms of size and whatnot. Yep. Uh, in terms of Dowhouse, I see... If he's, Dowhouse is more forward, definitely I see an Atlee type sitting on him, just for speed. I think maybe if Dalhouse sort of plays in the middle, then maybe Jacobs could even go to him. It'll be interesting, and it'll be important to shut him down. I'd like Jacobs on Hunter, but if he doesn't, I'd like to see him on Dalhouse, because we just can't sit on Bontempelli again. It's a waste yeah. of the player. It really so, is. So Dalhouse nearly won us a game against Hawthorne. He was BOG that day. Um, yeah, it just depends how he's utilised, like you say. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. It depends if he gets smacked in the middle. If he gets smacked in the middle... He'll be the point of difference if he mm. goes in there. Who else will be in terms of right? Right might right. I think went to um, Dixon last time, I believe, because he used to be a best small defender in terms of that. Yep. Yep. So that's the matchups pretty much. Midfield, as I said, that that could change at any point. So there's no real point doing the key matchups there because they'll change so many times. Gibson might do a job on Hunter. Actually, that's. Yep. Because um, he can do that defensive type role. Uh, anything else you boys want to add about the preview at all? <laughs> I had a question for Go You Pups about how you think your team's going to stand up to the injuries that you've accumulated across the halfback line because there's some big outs down there. No, there is. Um, look, Beveridge is Beveridge. Ever since he came to the club, he's all been about versatility. Like he's not playing one bloke in one position. Apart from say your key backs or 
your key forwards or your ox, your key position players are sort of in. But um, yeah, he's he's largely his mantra has been versatility. So, um, suckling out. Uh, yeah, we might we might see Wood do a bit of rebounding instead of um playing that you know intercepting type role that he played so well last year. Um, Adcock, he started forward against Carlton, but he moved his way in the back line once Johannesson got injured, so he'll obviously play down back. Um, so that'll be a lockdown type role? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he could be. He, he, he could be asked to um, do a bit of rebounding also, but um, he played largely lockdown, I think, last week. Didn't really see him get much of the footy. Um, like Shane Biggs. Uh, Shane Biggs is obviously one of our most important players at the moment, surprisingly. You wouldn't really you you wouldn't really have thought that before the season, but um yeah the style that we play where we set a lot of scores up off half back and whole possession of the footy, he's um he's vital for us in that regard. Mm. Yeah, we need to shut down a few people then, don't we? <laughs> Something that occurs to me, if we're focusing if North is focusing on forward half pressure and you're losing like your most experienced and composed rebounder and your fastest and most exciting rebounder yeah. and best kicking rebounder, it would seem that, you know, the the forwards would be licking their lips at the guys they'll be getting to, to pressure and run into. Um, potentially yeah. I think um I think our midfield needs to be accountable and helping out. They have they have been largely all year getting back and, you know, um helping but um, when you're doing that too much, it comes at a detriment of your forward line because, you know, your forwards are pushing up to the half forward line, your half forwards are pushing well into midfield or towards half back, so. You've got to start working yeah. a lot, lot harder for the goals that you do kick. I, yeah, I, I, pretty I much. agree. The way that you negate that half back or the injuries to it is you win the ball out of the midfield. The more that you do yeah. that, the, the less that you have to supplement those guys in the back line. Yeah, that's a fair call. Jeez, the dogs are howling in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, my missus and my kids interrupt, but I don't have dogs. Uh, that's that's my brother's dogs in the backyard, actually. So you named one Tom Boyd, and the other one Tory Dixon. No, Tom Boyd. What's the dog's name? Uh, no, no, there's only one. Oh, okay. actually, no, funny. Actually, he did name it after a player, Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask, is it a bulldog? Nah, it's a uh, it's a border collie, Kelpie Cross, actually. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll just ask you a few quick questions and we'll just finish up for the evening. So, I've got to ask about Marcus Adams. Where did you find him? Um, he was talked about a lot, actually, on Big Footy last year. Um, wasn't just the doggies talking about him. I think Fremantle and a few other teams talking about him. Um, but yeah, they scouted the waffle. I think he came from... West Perth, one one of the it was either West or East. Pretty sure it was West. And um, yeah, no, he played forward in 2014. Um, played okay, and then they moved him into the fence last year, and he dominated as sort of like maybe uh, like a poor man's Michael Hurley type player. Like you know, get the intercept mark, shot down a shot, you know, obviously, and race it up from the back. Yeah, pretty much. He is that type of player. Um, I think. I think as a number one defender, I think he might struggle against the really big guys who are really dominant in the air. But I think once Dale Morris retires, I think he'll come into his own as a second defender once 
Karen Collins or Zane Cordy or someone um, takes over the number one defender mantle. How's Collins' form been in the VFL? Um, I haven't really watched too much of him, uh, to be honest. Oh, um, but he's been, he's been emergency the last couple of weeks now, so he could That's be close. Sign. That's very good. Uh, in terms of playing style, is there any major differences from last year? You certainly got a better defensive edge. Um, I think it's very similar to last year, but we're not really, uh, we're not, u- we're not really using the man of mayhem type forward, um, structure anymore. Um, first half of last year, we regularly got it inside 50 and just, you know, pressed up and held it into our 450 with manic pressure. Um, we did that against Fremantle in round one, but we haven't really done it, done it ever since. It's, it's largely, we've, we've played largely to how we played in the back end of last year, where we uh, obviously went in our ball out of the guts. If we weren't winning out of the ball out of the guts, then we'd work hard to, you know, um, get numbers back in defence and just play, you know, that type of team defence and then rebound it out. So um, is the pressure different? Is it you're not pressuring as much or...? I think in the forward half we might not be pressuring her as much, but I think we're holding on to the ball more than what we previously have. Yeah, I think I think Beveridge might be saying, you know, we've got to be smarter with our ball use. So maybe they're trying to work on not turning over the ball as much as what we might have last year. Well, it cost you against in the final. That really did cost you. I know there was a few misses, but you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Mm, possibly. But, yeah, no, that final, we uh, didn't kick straight. Definitely had our chances. Well, it's that shootout, like, look at what happened to Port, their shootout style, our shootout style in 2013 when we stormed through. It's just, it doesn't work long term in finals. It just burns the players out. Nah. I don't think we're, I don't think we're shootout too often, but some teams, some teams play that way and we're forced to sort of go shootout. And, I think once that happens, that team has the game on their terms because I don't rate us at all in a shootout sense. Like I think someone, I think Hanson be wonderful. He said somewhere that um, every game with uh, every game the dogs conceded 90 points more on the beverage, which has happened nine times we've lost. And completely agree with that theory. Oh, in a shootout, you're not averaging over 100, yet, are you? No, uh, we have we have scored over 100 in shootouts, but we lose. We've lost every game. Because you're conceding too much. Points. Yeah. yeah. Um, thinking, though, just, just in that shootout style, what you're saying, K4, I wonder if it's, if it's a necessary phase when you're developing a team. They've got to go through that point where they're sort of flexing their muscles and realising what they're capable of. I think it defines... Stuff. It's very interesting you've raised that. I think it does define a team, how they react after that shootout phase. And this is... Like, look at North. North, we've gone towards a more one-on-one contested style of football. Port have tried that and tried to slow down the game. It hasn't worked for them. Now the Dogs, I think, are in a semi-transitional phase towards... I know it wasn't gun-ho last year, but it was starting to work towards that. And now they're going to try and find a more sustainable form of football. Well, I know it's getting late, but you, you, you start thinking about things like the role of pressure and the evolution of tactics. So Lyon and, and Ruse use pressure to bore you to death. Hawthorne and what Scott seems to be trying to do, and I expect Beveridge as well, use pressure to create scores mm. yeah. rather than lock the game down, yeah? Mm, it's interesting. It's probably too late at night to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's certainly an interesting theory. Uh, any other questions you got for Putts before we finish up for tonight? No. Nah. Nah. 
we're good to go. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll finish up there. I apologise about the science. I'll, I'll fix it up anyway, so you won't notice. Uh, I'd like to thank Nate Seven, who disappeared from spewing, so hopefully he's all right. I'd like to thank Only Fords and uh, Rod Zombie for jumping on. Thank you, dog. <laughs> and thank you, Pups, for jumping on as well. That was very good of you to do. Alright, thanks for having me on. Sorry about the dog. <laughs> hey, you're right, mate. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys, for jumping on. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I, I apologize about last week. I'm looking forward to a very good game on the week on Friday and a good weekend of football. Thanks for listening.